We're so happy you're joining us on our Brentwood Church podcast. To find out more about Brentwood, go to brentwoodchurch.org. During this episode, Pastor John shares a great message that we pray will lead you to new and deeper levels with Jesus Christ. So open up your Bible or Bible app and grab a notebook or simply listen along. I think it's time we ask ourselves if we still know the freedoms that were intended for us. Alongside our famous individualism, there's another ingredient in the American saga. You and I are told increasingly we have to choose between a left or right. A belief that we're all connected as one people. Well, I'd like to suggest there is no such thing as a left or right. There's only an up or down. In a politics of cynicism, or do we participate in a politics of hope? Ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. All right, all right. How you guys feeling today? Yeah, happy 4th of July. Hey, let's jump right in. Turn with me to Romans chapter 13. If you have a physical Bible, uh, you can do that. Or, uh, as always, if you have the Version app, you can go to the live event and follow along with the scriptures that we're going to be talking about. Listen, we've been in this series now three weeks. This is week number four. We're talking about the reality and the tension of if you believe and follow Jesus, you live with dual citizenship, whether you know it or not. You are a part of a nation state. You're a part of a local government, whatever, and some stuff in between. You are an earthly citizen of a governing authority. You are also, though, as according to the Bible, the moment you believe and follow Jesus, you're a citizen of heaven. You're a part of God's eternal family. And sometimes uh, those citizenships live in harmony with each other. In fact, a lot of times they do. But every now and then there's a tension. And what we see in this series is this. When you have a choice between earthly and eternal citizenship, always choose eternal. Always choose eternal. We've been looking at that when it comes to relationships, how we are dual citizens in every form of relationship, even us emotionally, how we deal with things, as we said a couple weeks ago, like anger. And last week, what Tyler talked about as far as how do I respect my neighbor who might have different convictions than me. Hey, can we give Tyler a hand for bringing it last week? Didn't he do an awesome job? Love it. I love when we get to see uh, developing leaders get up here and use the gifts that God has given them to lead the body of Christ. All right, so today we're going to talk about an issue that I have. In fact, I got issues. I think you guys have issues too. But this is an issue I think we all have. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and ask you to participate and say to the person beside you, I have authority issues. Go ahead and say it to the person beside you. Go ahead. I have authority issues. Yeah, and then you can say it to them too. You have authority issues. You have them too. I'm not alone in this. That's right. We're going to talk about authority today and how we, we as citizens of the United States, but also citizens of God's eternal kingdom, we are under authority. But I'm going to be honest with you, I don't always like authority. How many of you can relate to some of these statements? Come on, officer. Why don't you arrest some, uh, some criminals and stop harassing me? You know, I mean, it's for medicinal purposes, right? You've said, I mean, maybe that's just me, all right? No, I, I, no, I haven't noticed that. 
How many of you ever said this? Come on, Dad, I didn't, I didn't know I was three hours late for a curfew. I mean, time flies when you're having fun. You were young once, right? You, you've said something to that effect. Or, uh, come on, boss man, you know, I've got a life. i got a life. I can't be working here all the time. Or, come on, senator or congressman. Come on, you're taxing me too much. You know, I, I've, got a, I, I've got a family to feed. I could keep going, but, but you get the point. And let me go ahead and take off the gloves, we got a little election coming up in the fall, and half of the room or, or more is not going to be happy with the decision because we don't know who the president's going to be. But either way, you're going to have some authority issues. And that's what we got to talk about today. As somebody who believes and follows Jesus, I am under authority. And we're going to look at that. In fact, here's authority principle number one of four that we're going to look at today. The way we respond to authority uh, will affect and reflect our relationship with God. Let me say that again. The way we respond to authority, whether we submit to authority or whether we reject or rebel against authority, it is going to affect our relationship with God, and it is going to reflect our relationship with God. And we're going to see uh, more of that as we get into it. We all have authority issues, and it comes from the very first sin in Ro- I'm sorry, in Genesis chapter 3. If you go back to the very original sin, Adam and Eve were given under the authority of God's creation. They were given the bounty and the prosperity of a world and of a garden specifically where they could prosper, where they were protected. And all they had to do was, was just live in that prosperity and protection. But they were not to take from one tree, the fruit of one tree, And in order for them to truly love God, they had to have choice not to choose him. And so God said, okay, look, you have all of this except for that. And then, of course, what happens in Genesis chapter 3, it says that eventually they took from that fruit. And not only did they take from that fruit and, and, and rebel against the authority of God, but then they blamed each other. And then ultimately they even blamed God. It was your fault that I did this, God. And on and on. The story goes. That is the original sin. And you know what? That DNA is in us. I mean, we all want the blessing and the prosperities uh, of the authorities in our life. We want our parents' protection and blessing. We just don't want them to tell us no, right? We, we want our city government's roads, bridges, and schools. We just don't want to pay for them all the time, right? We want... We want the, 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 the employment of our company, but sometimes we think, ah, yeah, our boss doesn't know what he's talking about. She doesn't know what she's talking about. I could run this company. I could run this business better. There's this seed in us. Not only, not only are we human beings with authority issues, but we're American human beings. I mean, if you look at our history, we've got Puritan separatists. We've got revolutionary colonists. We've got Confederates in the 1860s. We've got hippies in the 1960s. I could keep going. It is in the DNA of the U.S. of A. And that's not always a bad thing, but it's a thing. You know what I'm saying? We have authority issues. And what we're going to see today, and this is the great news, is the Bible teaches us the what, the when, and the how that we should submit to authority, even bad authority, even incompetent authority. Yes, I said it. Mm-hmm. It's getting hot in here, as the great St. Louis poet Nelly once said. But let's not go any further with that. Right? Right? Like, listen, 
Listen, we, we have authority issues, but the Bible teaches us something about it. It says, look, there is a time and a place where you can challenge and resist authority, but we're, we, we need to know when and how. Most of the time, though, I want to teach you, God wants to teach us how to submit to authority. Because what we're going to see today is how we handle authority affects and reflex our relationship with God. And that's just the bottom line, and we're going to look at that. So Romans chapter 13, let's jump into this. Uh, The Apostle Paul is writing to a socially, politically, and religiously oppressed church. These people are dealing with a lot. In fact, it would only be a generation more where their children and their grandchildren were fed to lions for believing and following in Jesus. And this is what the Apostle Paul has the audacity to say to them. I mean, the insensitivity to say to these people who are under political, who are under social, and who are under religious oppression. This is what he said, the nerve of him. Listen to what he says. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. What? I don't know about you, but when I hear that, it gets me a little bit riled up. Subject to authority? I mean... Does the authority always know what's right? Is it always inco- uh, competent? No. And here is, here is the, the, the Apostle Paul telling people who have dual citizenship that we should be subject to the governing authorities. And, and he gets very specific. He says, look, don't be subject to the governing authorities when you just agree with them. Don't be subject to the governing authorities when, when it's in your perceived best interest. Instead, look what he says. he says. He says, for there is no authority except that which God has established. God has established all authority. What? Good, bad, ugly, beautiful, and some really, really messed up authority. And, and what Paul is saying here is he's saying, look, all of it from the macro to the micro level, from the home to the nation, God has established every king, every president, every ruler, every dictator, every senator, every congress, every parliament, every city council, every tribal council from the home to the nation is established by God. He is not going, whoa, those Americans just elected the wrong person. I didn't see that coming. What am I going to do? Well, my hands are tied now. I don't know what's going to happen. I just, I, I guess they're just going to have to deal with that for the next four or eight years. And what Paul is saying is saying, no, 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 no. God has established all authority, even the authorities we don't agree with or like, even authority that doesn't acknowledge God. What? Paul says, God has established that authority, and we should be subject to that authority. He goes on, and he reiterates it in the next part. He says, the authority that exists has been established by God. He says it twice. It's been established by God. And when we see throughout the scriptures, even Jesus himself, the divine son who became the human Jesus, He submitted himself not only to the authority of God, but to the authority of the governing and religious leaders of his time. Wow. What is being stated for you and me that God has put macro and micro systems authority in our life for a reason? 
and the way we respond to authority, the way we respond to authority will affect and reflect our relationship with God. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Wait a minute, John. What about criminals? What about bullies? What about enemy invaders? Right? Those are not authorities. Those are people asserting power, not authority. Run from them, punch them, shoot them. Right? That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about governing authorities, not criminals, bullies, and enemy invaders. So, now that some of you have gone, okay, well, I just want to make sure you weren't, you weren't talking about that. Let's move forward. Look at verse 2. He says this, and this is good. Consequently, whoever rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. What? And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. The key word here is rebel. Rebel. What's he saying? He's saying, look, rebellion is a heart issue. Rebelling against authority is a heart issue. Is there a time that we should challenge and resist authority? Yes, but not from a heart of rebellion, from a heart of obedience. I'm going to say that again. Is there a time we should challenge and resist authority? Yes, from a heart of obedience, not from a heart of rebellion. And sometimes we get that confused. A heart of rebellion is driven by pride and selfishness. A heart of obedience is saying, hey, I am here under your authority, but there is a higher authority that you're asking me to resist, and I cannot do that. I cannot do that. I have to go with a higher authority here. And there's a time where maybe your boss will ask you to do something that is against the authority, the law of the lands, the scriptures, your conscience, your character, God's intention, God's leading in your life. And that's where you have to say no, not because you don't like your boss, not because you don't get along with your boss, not because you think your boss is all competent and everything, and uh, not because you uh, have, have the perceived best interest in, in mind. You do that out of obedience, not out of pride and selfishness. What Paul is doing is he's turning our humanity upside down, and he's saying there's something bigger here in you subjecting yourself to authority. You will see the world differently. You will know that even authority that doesn't acknowledge God is in your life for a reason. God is using that authority and he is teaching you something through that authority. And yes, there is a time to challenge and resist authority. My children do this. They do this. Uh, sometimes it's, hey, Dad, listen, I, I, I think you're asking us to do something that, that is, or you're, you're speaking out of something that is breaking a higher authority. And I tell them, you better shut up because I'm the dad in this house. No, I don't say that. I, I, I have to step back and go, wait a minute. Let me see. Let me, let me assess the situation. And if their heart is coming from a heart of obedience and not pride and selfishness or rebellion, I have to check myself as an authority. And this is big. Sometimes we subject ourselves to authority because God is doing something in that. Sometimes we resist or challenge authority in a respectful way because God is doing something through us in that authority. But being a dual citizenship, being in dual citizenship means that the Holy Spirit and God's word is guiding us through that. Did Moses petition Pharaoh? Yes, 
who was the authority of the land, but he came to petition him out of obedience of a higher authority. I am here to represent the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he is saying, set my people free. Pharaoh, you can participate in that, and everything will be good, or it's going to hurt. Your choice. Daniel subjected himself to King Nebuchadnezzar, a foreign pagan king, for many, many, many years of his life until that foreign king says, I want you to bow and worship a false god. And Daniel said, and this is a paraphrase, hey, Nebuchadnezzar, listen, we've been all cool, and I've been subjecting, and I will continue to do so, but in this matter, I cannot. I cannot. Well, we're going to throw you to the lions. Do your worst, but I am not going to subject myself to this. And, of course, we know the story in Daniel. I could keep going. I could tell you stories about how Jesus, who is under the authority of the Roman government, under the, even the religious authorities, challenged the authorities. But it was always from a heart of obedience, not from a heart of rebellion. And that is huge. That is so important for us to understand. Let, let me give, this is, this is some bonus material, okay? I'm going to give you principle number two, and then I'm going to give you some bonus material. Here it is. Here it is. Challenging authority must be driven by obedience to a higher authority, God or man, and the heart matters. The heart matters. That's, that's number two authority principle. So here's the bonus material. All the single ladies in the house, as the great Houston poet Beyonce Knowles once called for, right? All the single ladies. Listen. If you are dating or associating with or thinking about dating a man with authority issues, and it sounds something like this. this is, you're out to, to dinner or you're, you're talking uh, with this young man, and he is talking about uh, his boss this and the government that and his mom this and the church that. When you start hearing that, you call Uber. You say, get me out of here. Get me out of here because this guy has authority issues. He has authority issues. And a guy with authority issues, you do not have the time or the resources to help him out. His life is going to be a time bomb. He is going to blow stuff up in his life. He's always going to be looking for a job because the man's always trying to get him down. Right? He's always like, you know, that, you know, the supervisor there, you know, he just didn't know how talented I was. I had to give him a piece of my mind. I had to tell, I had to rise up. I had to rise up. I had to lead a rebellion against the factory manager, the supervisor. Yeah, yeah. So what, 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 you're on your fifth job now? Oh, and you're still living with your mom. Okay. Uh, listen, I'm. I'm going to go ahead and get the check because you probably can't. And I've got, I've got Uber waiting on me out here. All right? Just, just go ahead. He, listen, listen, he's always going to be in legal trouble because he he's above the law, right? He's above the law. I mean, the, you know, the cops can't get him. You know, the, the, the city council, you know, he's fighting city hall. He, he, he is leading a rebellion against it all because they can't. He is his own authority or so he thinks. And what happens if you get married to this guy and you have trouble in your marriage and it, and, you know, it all hits the fan? Whose authority has he placed himself under to, to get help? Nobody, because he's the authority. He's the authority. So here's what I'm saying. 
don't mess with the guy who has authority issues. God will have to teach him something that you cannot teach him. And he will either participate in that or not. Either way, he's in a world of hurt and you don't want to be around it. Right? Bonus material right there. Rebellion is a heart issue. It's a heart issue. And if you believe and follow Jesus, that is not the business that you are in. You can and you should sometimes challenge and resist authority, but it is always out of a heart of obedience. And as we see in the scripture, it is very rare. It is very rare. Let's keep going. Verse three. Woo. All right. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong, for those who do wrong, do you want to be free from the fear of the one authority? Is a rhetorical question. Then do what is right and you will be commended. You'll be commended. He goes on. He says, for the one in authority is God's servant. He says it again. He says it again. Like these people, God is not surprised. Yes, they may be bad people. Yes, they may be incompetent. God, like we all are. We all are. But they are God's servant for your good. Like for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For the rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath. Wow, to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Man, that is so in, in conflict sometimes with what we hear in the grace and the compassion of the gospel. All of a sudden, the Apostle Paul is talking about governing authorities and God establishing them. And yes, even bad ones, even ones that don't acknowledge him for our good, for our good to make sure that we, do, we don't do wrong. Wow, think about this. Principle number three. This is, this is good stuff. God establishes these authorities to protect, prosper, and punish us. Yeah, punish us. To protect us, prosper us, and to punish us. I mean, think about this. I was thinking about this this weekend when I was going over the speed limit. Right? Maybe I'm the only one. But I start thinking about this, and, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going over the speed limit, but I have a reason, and I am the exception. Don't, don't we always do that? Why we are the exception for running the red light? Why we are the exception for going 20 miles over the I mean, if the, if the police officer, the, 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 the authority over me pulls me over, I'm going to let him know why I am the exception, why I, why I am entitled to not follow the law. But I sure want everybody else to, don't I? I want everybody else to stop at stoplights and stop signs. I want everybody else to drive safely, especially when my children are in the car. But for me, oh me, let me tell you why I am the exception and why I am entitled. Man, I can go there so quick. I can go there so quick. And there is the officer of the law who is saying, hey, that's all well and good. License and registration, please. Yeah, well, listen, I, officer, let me tell you, why don't you not tell me, why don't you tell the judge? Because I am here to protect you, and I'm here to protect other people from you when you break the law. And I'm also here to protect you so that you can prosper, so that there is not chaos and anarchy in the land. God is a God of order. He's a God, he's a God of order. He's a God of government, of civil government. He establishes these things. 
And what Paul is reminding us of is, hey, look, God establishes these authorities to protect, prosper, and punish us. Even authorities who do not even acknowledge him or his word. Wow. Man, that's mind-blowing. That's mind-blowing. And he keeps going. Let's jump to that next verse. He says, therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. So what does he do? He takes it to a deeper level. He says, listen, don't just submit to authority because you're afraid you're going to get punished. You know, don't, don't just, uh, you know, abide by your parents' rules because you don't want them to kick you out of the house. Don't just show up to work on time and listen to your boss because you don't want to get fired. Don't, don't just, you know, uh, follow the laws of the land because you don't want the government to come and arrest you. Instead, go even deeper than that. And that is, know that God is doing something deep in you. The moment that you live in the tension and the reward of submitting yourself to the authorities that are over you, whether they are governing authorities or whether they are relational authorities or whatever in between, the moment that you have a, have a heart of obedience, you have a heart of obedience in that, God is doing something kingdom-minded in you. Wow. And you know what? We don't talk about this a lot, do we? We don't, we don't, we, we, especially, you know, what we see in, in social media and especially when they, you know, stick a microphone in somebody's face out in a protest. You know, nobody ever talks about, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is there something bigger going on here? Look, look at verse 6 and 7. Look what it says. This is also why you pay taxes. Ouch. I don't, oh, man, that hurts. For, for the authorities are God's servant. What does he say? He's like, look, this is the apostle Paul. He's not, he's not a political candidate. And, and, we, and we, don't, we, don't, we don't preach platforms here. We don't endorse candidates here. This is the apostle Paul. Pay your taxes because there's, a, there's people who are going to make their livelihood from government. They, they're going to actually do what you may not want to do and that is make sure that there are laws made and make sure that there are laws established so that there's law and order, so that there's not chaos, so that you can prosper, so that you can be protected, and so that criminals get punished. And he, this is what the Apostle Paul says to 21st century American people who believe and follow Jesus. Pay taxes. I, I don't like that. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't, I don't like that. I'm a, I'm a small business owner. Uh, I... I mean, I, I, could, I could keep going. I could talk about investments and all that stuff. And, and when it comes time every year to do that, there's a little part of me that just says, hmm, how less can I pay? Tammy, maybe we could have some more kids. You, know, you, ever, you ever get in that? And, and, and you start thinking about it. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Look, I, I know that, 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 that governing authorities and and congressmen, state state representatives and all that, they don't always get this right, and I don't always agree with them. But you know what? If I don't like it, then I should run for office. If you don't like it, then go to the police academy and be a police officer. If you don't like it, then go into politics and go into government and become a statesman and a stateswoman. Or... 
at the most base level, register to vote and do it. Do it. I mean, we get tense and we get excited about this. And here's the Apostle Paul saying, look, some people, that this is what they're doing. They, they give their full time to governing. They give their full time to governing. They're, they're making sure that the bridges and the roads and, and all of that is all established. And, and so why don't you do this? Why don't you pay your taxes? And if you want to pay less, then, then, then run for office or, or vote for people who will find better economic ways to do this stuff. But in the meantime, follow the law. Man, that's not very exciting, isn't it? It's kind of like, just be a good citizen. Is there a time to resist and challenge authority? Yeah. Out of a heart of obedience, not out of a heart of selfishness and pride, though. And then finally, which is the principle that we're going to look at next, give to everyone you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Keeps going. Look what he says. Okay, principle number four, honor, respect, and reward your authorities because most of them are just trying to do their job. Just trying to do their job. Honor, respect, and reward. That's what Paul says. Honor, respect, because most of them are just trying to do their job. You know, we, we were at a, uh, a meeting. Uh, I was leading a meeting of our staff and the leaders and the interns and, and the residents uh, this past week at the Jerry Falwell Library, beautiful library. If you haven't been there, visit there. It's, it's just a, a, a beautiful building, but it's also just a, an incredible experience. But uh, we were uh, meeting in one of their conference rooms on the second floor, and we had about 15 or so people in there, and uh, we were starting this meeting up, and, and we were laughing about some things, and we were cutting up, and one laugh, that laughter led to another laughter, and somebody else made this, and, and it just became this, for about five or, or ten minutes, we were just laughing, laughing, laughing about some things, and, and the, the undergrad who runs the floor, he's about 19 years old, maybe like, I don't know, four feet tall, he, he comes over to the room, and, and he says, uh, excuse me, uh, there are other people studying. And, uh, and he's looking at me because I'm standing up, and he knows that I'm in charge of this meeting. He says, there are other people studying on the floor. Uh, I would appreciate it if you guys would keep it down. And I'm thinking, he's 19 years old. Like, he could be my son, right? You know, if I got married at 16, but, but you, you, you can do it. You can take it. He could be my son. He doesn't know that I'm 40 years old, that I'm a husband, that I'm a father of three, that I'm a, a small business owner and a taxpayer. And, and I, you know, I'm going through all this thing in, in, in my, and he hasn't even graduated yet. He hasn't even graduated from college. You're not the boss of me, is what my mind is saying. But in that moment, he is the authority who's been established by that institution to make sure that he is protecting other people who are using that from me being too loud. So in that split second, I said to him, I'm very sorry, we will keep it down. And we closed the door, and we kept it down. After the meeting was over, I walk out, and I say to him as he's programming Skynet to make sure he's taking over the world, because he can do that, he's 19. 
I walked to him and I said, hey, I want you to know I'm sorry that we were being loud in there. And he says, it's okay. Carry on. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you what, what you're thinking, and that is, that just bothers me. That bothers me. You know why? Because there's a seed of Genesis 3 in all of us. And we don't want anybody telling us what to do. And we don't want anybody saying that we're not special, that we're not the exception. Because in our minds, we believe that's who we are. That we are above the law, that we are above the authorities. That if they would just put us in charge, then we would run this thing so much better and so much more competent. And the Apostle Paul says in about seven or eight verses, get over yourself, submit to authority. God has put them in your life for a reason. If you resist them, it's out of a heart of obedience. But most of the time, you should probably just say, we'll keep it down. Thank you very much. So sorry I was speeding. Here's my fine for breaking the law, I'll remember not to do it again. Most of the time, they're just trying to do their job. They're just trying to do their job. And I get it. People abuse power. People get in, in influential situations and they use it for their own gain. I get it. You've worked for people who weren't as competent as you at the job. But you are there under their authority to submit yourself until God says, I can trust you with more. Because you know what? I'm the one shifting and shaping. I'm the one who's moving and removing. And if you will submit yourself to me and the authority I've put over you, maybe I'll trust you with more authority. Oh, drop the mic. Yes, yes. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is stuff I wrestle with. This is stuff I wrestle with. It's stuff that you and I wrestle with. They're just trying to do their job. Can we do something? Could we just thank the police officers who are here today and give them a hand and say, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I, I, I mean, you know, look, we've all been pulled over, and, and some of you, you know, you've had more, you, you know, maybe you've been cuffed before, okay? But you're here today. You're here today. And it's all good, right? It's all good. You've paid your debt to society. Guy's just trying to do his job, just trying to protect, prosper, and make sure that any criminal activity gets reprimanded. Uh, but he wants to get home to his kids. She wants to get home to her kids, just like you and me. She doesn't want to get run over by an 18-wheeler out there making sure that you're not going 25 miles over the speed limit again. Just say, hey, thank you. Thank you. You know what? I broke the law. I need to take responsibility for that. So I, I want us to just take this right back to the gospel. What is this all about? When you think about what Jesus has said to you and me, those who have chosen to believe and follow him, those of us who, who have said, you know what? I believe that Jesus is God's son. This, this is what he says. This is what he says. In John chapter 10, he says this. He says, and, and I love this. This or the reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. Listen, Jesus had the authority 
to say to the religious authorities and the governing authorities that, that arrested him illegally, that tortured him, that put him on a cross. He had the authority at a moment to make it all go away. But because he knew you and I had an authority issue that was causing us to be separated from God, he went to a cross for you and me and died for your sins and mine because we have an authority issue. And he says, I will willfully lay down my life for you because I want you to be right with God. I want you to be in the eternal family of God. But because of your authority issue, because of my sin issue, somebody had to pay for it, and Jesus did. And when I reflect on that every time, I don't like what I hear. I don't like a law that's passed. I don't like, man, I have some choices. I have some very practical choices to vote or to run for office or something there in between. But I have some eternal choices, and that is to say, I am subjecting myself to earthly authority because I know that God's in charge of this whole thing. And there's something conscionable in all of that that he's doing. And that I can be obedient to that. And so if we get practical today, here's just two things I want us to understand is resist less, submit more. Resist less. You know, there, there's a time where we need to give feedback and we need to challenge authority. But, but it's not all the time. It's not all the time. It's not every time we don't agree. It's not every time we're not getting our way. It's not out of a heart of, of, of selfishness and pride. It's, it's out of a heart of obedience. Resist less and submit more. Submit more. Just, okay, that's, that's, that's what we're doing. We do, we do it. Okay, yeah, I got that. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, thank you for, for giving me a job. Hey, Mom and Dad, thank you for your provision in my life. I, you know what? I always agree with it. And I, sometimes I feel like I could run this family better than you, but you know what? It's all good. It's all good. Yep, I'll do that. I'll do that. And that could go on. And you know what? Here's something I think we really need to do, and that is complain less and pray more. I, I think people who believe and follow Jesus are called to pray exponentially more than we are to complain. Let me say that again. I think people who believe and follow Jesus are called to pray exponentially more than we are to complain. Listen, listen. We know how this ends. We know who's ultimately in charge. We don't, have to get, we don't have to get online and we don't have to get on our soapbox every time we don't agree with something. You know what we should do? Get on our knees and pray for our governing authorities, even the ones we didn't vote for and we don't agree with. And what would happen? I promise you this. Prayer moves more than griping. Prayer moves more than complaining. And I know you got an opinion, and that's so do I. And a lot of times mine is wrong. But I'm going to pray exponentially more than I complain. Thanks so much for listening today. We believe that everyone has a next step towards Jesus, and we'd love to help you take yours. Email us at hello at brentwoodchurch.org or visit our website, brentwoodchurch.org slash next steps. Until next time, go change the world.